Today's podcast is brought to you by Howie's new book, Paperboy. To order today, go to HowieCarshow.com and click on store. Live from the Aviva Trattoria studio, it's the Grace Curley Show. we got to bring in a new voice, a young voice, a rising voice, Grace Curley. You can read Grace's work in the Boston Herald and the Spectator. Especially, Grace, Grace, stand up. Here's the millennial with the mic, Grace Curley. Welcome back, everyone, to The Grace Curley Show. Here's a story that I've been really dying to talk about. We touched on it quickly. But this is from the Sacramento Bee. It said, in a bid to avoid an awkward and politically uncomfortable scene, because God forbid we have a politically uncomfortable scene, California Governor Gavin Newsom has canceled the public in-person Christmas tree lighting ceremony in favor of a remotely held pre-recorded event. So this is on the heels of the story from Virginia that there was a music festival, a music and arts festival, and the organizers told a rabbi that they didn't want him to have a menorah lighting because they didn't want it to appear as though they were choosing the side of Israel. And then later they told him, you know, we'll allow you to have the menorah lighting as long as it's under a ceasefire now banner. And of course, one of the one of the criticisms of this was, would you ever do this if it were another religious community? Would you ever say to Jared, pick any religion. Pick any religion you want. Um, he probably would do it for a menorah lighting, so we'll go Muslim. Yes, okay. If it was a Muslim group of people who wanted to do something and you said, well, you can do this, but you need to do it under a banner that says we condemn whatever. I'm not even, you know what? I'm not even going to get into the example. You can come up with one in your own mind. There's a million you can come up with. It would Go ahead. Actually, a good comparison would be if there was um, like a, a Black Lives Matter event or rally and they had to have a banner that said all lives matter because that was the bugaboo. Of that sentiment at the time. Yeah, or... I mean, it's not comparable to... But I'm saying, like, example-wise. Yes. That's sort of... That's sort of... It's an, outrageous. antithetical message to what you're doing. Right. And it's really kind of holding people... It, it, it's it's like giving them this ultimatum. Well, you can do it, but, you know, you're blackmailed because you need to, you need to push our political POV in order to light your menorah. It's despicable. And then you have the Christmas tree lightings that are all being canceled because we don't want to... It's kind of a double-edged sword. They don't want to offend the pro-Palestinian contingency. And they also don't want that contingency to show up and, you know, wreak havoc and maybe do what they did outside the White House. You know, uh, put uh, red paint everywhere, maybe attack a couple fast food places and just cause a ruckus in general. So Newsom decides to cave and they went virtual, which is so fun for everyone, Jared. There's nothing as delightful that gets you in the Christmas spirit more than turning on the old Zoom and watching a Christmas tree get lit up. I mean, wow, it just really puts you in the spirit. So he did this to avoid a planned protest calling for an end to Israel's war on Hamas because that will end the war. As long as Israel ends the war then Hamas will undoubtedly follow suit. 
And it says, as we continue to see protests across the country impacting the safety of events of all scales and for the safety and security of all participating members and guests, including children and families, the ceremony this year will be virtual. The program is unchanged and viewers can tune in Wednesday evening to watch this year's festivities. Now, Palestinian rights groups slam the governor for the decision because they want to be able. How are we supposed to ruin Christmas if you cancel the Christmas tree lighting? Damn it. This is so inconsiderate. We were planning on toppling the Christmas tree. <laughs> now we're going to have to try to ruin a virtual Christmas. That's like 10 times harder. But how pathetic. How pathetic. It's talk about, uh, talk about letting these brats win on all fronts. Whatever they want, they get. You want to ruin Christmas? You got it, dude. And it just really ticks me off. So I I brought this up and I thought that one of our texters had an excellent point. Grace, if Newsom can't stand up to the progressive left over a tree, how can he stand up to China or Russia as president? Well, he doesn't plan on standing up to China. He plans on kissing up to China, but he does not plan on standing up to China. But it's a really, really good point, 774. This guy is caving to a group of Grinches who want to ruin a Christmas tree lighting. And he's not the only one. And what this brings me to, obviously, is, you know, people, like that texture said, people want Gavin Newsom to be president. I don't think he's in any shape to be president if he can't handle this. But it's amazing what he'll, what he'll make uh, accommodations for, Jared. When it comes to letting the dictator of China show up to California... There is no stone left unturned. There is no red carpet that isn't rolled out. But when it comes to a Christmas tree lighting, I don't think we can make this happen. You know, there's too many there's too many security risks. We wouldn't want to spend too much money on this. Uh, speaking of 2024, the debate was last night. This was the Republican debate. Megyn Kelly was the main host of it. She was the one who garnered the most attention. And I wanted to play a couple cuts here. I had a few thoughts. It really was Vivek versus everyone. Vivek always is, he's a bomb tosser. He likes to get the party going. He's the straw that stirs the drink. And I don't agree with all his tactics, but he certainly knows how to make headlines. So let's start with his most well-known feud, which is Vivek versus Nikki. I'd like to play cut 10, please, Jared. What happened to Israel was dead wrong. What Hamas did was medieval. It was subhuman. It was immoral. And we have to call that out for what it is on October 7th. But to say that that was an attack on America fails a basic test. I mean, Nick, if you can't tell the difference between where Israel is and the U.S. is on a map, I can have my three-year-old son show you the difference. That is irresponsible because it has major consequences because that doesn't leave room for what actually is an attack on America. I find him, and I've had Vivek on the show before, and I will say, because I think his people, some of his people listen. I liked him on the show. I thought he was nice. I find his debate performances to be a little off-putting, if I'm being honest. I find him to be incredibly smug and rude. And I'm not saying I like Nikki Haley, but I also don't like this conservative, and this is a, I've only seen it from a few people, but a few conservatives are trying to take this approach of, you know, lumping kind of Israel and Ukraine and all of these different wars that have broken out under Joe Biden and trying to put them in the same basket. And I think that's a dangerous game to play. 
And I disagree with Vivek. And I understand more of where Nikki Haley's coming from. Maybe she didn't phrase it correctly. But I do agree with her that we, we do need to care about this. That doesn't mean I want boots on the ground in Israel. But you know what I do want, Jared? All of these people who keep saying like, well, we need to be careful about what we say. How about we just don't tell Israel what to do? Like, is that so much? People, here's the options I've seen. You either want boots on the ground in Israel and you want us to spend all of our money there. Or you want to tell them to put their weapons down and there has to be a ceasefire now. Like, can't there be an in-between where I'm, this is exactly where I'm coming from. I don't think that American soldiers need to be in Israel. I do think that the American media and the American politicians could stop trying to bully Israel into backing down and uh, letting Hamas do whatever they want. Isn't that a, does it have to be one or the other? Does it have to be boots on the ground or literally letting Hamas come in and have their way with everyone? I, I think there's a middle ground here. I think we could say, hey, Israel, you guys handle it. That's all they, that's what Bibi's trying to do here. From what I can see, it's like not only are we not helping them, we're actively trying to to make it more difficult for them to achieve what they want to achieve. And I have a problem with that. So that was Vivek's first comment to Nikki. Uh, It was not the last, though. Um, I also want to play this comment he gave to Chris Christie. This was cut 12. I know some people in my audience are going to love this. I think I didn't like this. And maybe I'm just too sensitive. This is cut 12. We learned three things right there. First of all, Chris Christie also doesn't know what provinces in eastern Ukraine he actually wants us to fight for. Chris, your version of foreign policy experience was closing a bridge from New Jersey to New York. Yeah. So do everybody a favor. Just walk yourself off that stage. Enjoy a nice meal yeah. and get the hell out of this yeah, race. Let, let when it comes to Nikki. I know I'm not the target audience for this. I know that. I know that. But there is something different, and I can't explain it, which is probably not a good thing because I'm on the radio and my job is to explain it. But I can't explain why that feels different than Trump. Trump can be really mean. Trump was really mean in 2016 on the debate stages. But it felt like there was a purpose to it or it felt like it was just who he was. And like he almost like this is just how he communicates and he's going to take shots at people. And it's he doesn't really have to think about it with Vivek. There's something about it that feels inauthentic to me. And like, really, he's trying his best to be mean. And I think saying to another candidate, get off the stage, have a nice meal. We all know what he's trying to get at with that. It just, I don't know. Am I, but Jared, you know what? There's a huge possibility here in in all transparency with people. I'm not cut out for that world. I don't like to be mean to people, especially about that. So maybe I'm just a snowflake. Maybe that's what it is. But there's something about it to me that just made me go, oh, gosh. Yeah, that's unnecessary. That's and and I like Vivek too, and I love to have him on the show. But the, if there is an obstacle he's going to face with the MAGA crowd, it's that when he does stuff like that, it's almost he's emulating and trying to channel Trump, and it's just not working. It's, it's not it's working. Very difficult to, like you said, it's very difficult to try and out Trump Trump by being like Trump. Like you said, Donald Trump just authentically would say, hey, fatso, get out of the race. And it would kind of, you know, but if if when Vivek tries to do it, it's just it doesn't have the same impact. And you can almost tell that it's not quite an impression of Trump, but it it sort of feels that way. You know what the other part of it, too, is if you're going to do it 
if you're going to be mean to everybody, if you're going to try to be cutthroat, you got to go after Trump and he won't go after Trump. And it's like, well, then then what what are you doing here? You're going to be mean to Chris Christie. Sure. You know what that's called? You know what that's called? That's called punching down. Chris Christie's not a contender in this and really not none of them are. But if you're going to go after somebody, go after Trump. If you really want to win the race, go after Trump. He's not going to do that. And so for me, a lot of this just feels like theater. It feels very performative. And I don't know, it just felt like a low blow. And I get it. I get there's some people who love that. They love it. They live for it. And that's their prerogative. For me, not not my vibe at all. 844-500-4242. Chris Christie did go after Trump, and he said something I thought was interesting, which I want to throw out to the callers. He was saying that if Trump is a convicted felon, that we're all going to be kind of like up bleeps creek without a paddle, and uh, it's not going to be a good situation. But I was doing some Googling today. <laughs> I was doing some of my Googling. And I don't think that if you're a convicted felon, you can't vote. But I'm pretty sure you can still run for president and you could be elected president. So I don't know if that's true. Furthermore, Jared, my real question for the callers, and I'm throwing this out now and we can kind of take this to the end of the show. Do you think he's going to be convicted of any of these crimes or these charges? Because I like to believe as someone who's currently watching a show, the John Adams miniseries on HBO that is 15 years old, I like to believe that we are a nation of laws, not a nation of men. But the more I see of these juries and the more I see of these courtroom proceedings, I'm getting nervous. And I don't know. I don't know. Maybe he could be. 844-500-4242. That was originally going to be the poll question before we changed it to how often do you flip the bird? I don't regret the change at all, but I'm willing to still talk about that. 844-500-4242. We'll be back with that. We'll play more cuts from you. And if you think Chris Christie, or I'm sorry, if you think Vivek Ramaswamy nailed it, if you loved that performance and you thought, man, he's just killing it, call in. I'll definitely take your call on that. We'll take some opposing viewpoints here. And uh, what did you think about DeSantis's performance? I thought it was, I thought it was solid. N- not going to change anything. We'll be right back. We'll take your calls. One thing you can count on about me is that I am always chilly. I run very, very cold and I need sweaters and I usually need to mess with a thermostat at my house and in the office. And what that leads to generally is getting into fights with people because not everybody likes the same temperature. I've found the way to fix this and that is the Gen 40 heater. When I use my Gen 40, I can take the warmth with me wherever I go. So if I'm going to write a column in my kitchen at the kitchen table, I bring my Gen 40. If I'm going to chill out and watch a Christmas movie, I bring my Gen 40. It feels like I have a fireplace right next to me, but I don't have to heat up the whole house. I don't have to bother everybody in the office with by changing the thermostat. I can save money. I can reduce my heating bills and I can stay toasty warm. And here's the best part. This is this product is a fan favorite. People love the Gen 40 heater. And usually what happens around this time, especially in the winter, if you're a company and you have a great product and it's around the Christmas season, you're going to jack up the prices. Not with Eden Pure. These guys are so great. They love you. They love the listeners. They're going to let you save $50 this week only with code GRACE50. Go to EdenPureDeals.com. Use code GRACE50 for the Gen 40 heater. This is savings. It's already on a very low sale price. So you're really getting a great deal. And just to make matters even better... You're going to get free shipping. That's right. Impure is giving you free shipping. There's so much to love with this product. It helps you save on heating bills, warm up your house, get the temperature higher and the bills a lot lower with the Eden Pure Gen 40 heater. Save $50 this week only. Use code GRACE50. Don't forget code GRACE50 when you go to EdenPureDeals.com. We'll be right back. 
The Grace Curley Show will be right back. This is The Grace Curley Show. When I talk about Vivek's comment to Chris Christie and I say, I know there's some people who are sitting here thinking, damn, Grace, you're such a snowflake. Lighten up. You know who that is. You know who's sitting there right now getting ready to come on the show? Howie Carr. Howie Carr must have loved that. But you know what? That's the thing about these debates is not everything's going to hit with everybody. By the way, I keep rewatching um, Woker Joke because I'm still in shock that Taylor's story about his road rage, road rage incident involved an older lady. That whole time, Jared, I had pictured this almost like a motorcycle gang looking leather vest wearing man with tattoos. And then he says this older lady in a minivan he has a head to head with. Strange, strange times. Uh, Luciano, you're next up on the Grace Curley Show. Go ahead. Yeah, thank you for taking my call. I watched the debate. I think Nikki Haley could be a good vice president for Donald Trump. Donald Trump's got it made in the shape because she can pull in the evangelical Christian Southern vote. And that Swami guy, they're both from India. They're both parents are from India. He was attacking, I think, uh, Nikki Haley because she's a used to be a Hindu. Now she's a Christian. And he's still a Hindu from India. I didn't see that part of it. Uh, I I didn't see that part of it at all. Uh, But I didn't watch the whole thing. But Luciano, I don't think Nikki Haley is a good choice for Trump for uh, a couple of reasons. One is because he doesn't like her. And two, because she doesn't like him. But more than that, I think they could both get over that because I think they're both political, uh, politically determined people and they want power. So I think they could get over that. But it's kind of even more... It's more about their stances on things. And honestly, Nikki Haley does something that I really don't appreciate. And that is she talks a big game, but she doesn't back it up. And a really good example, like the biggest turnoffs for me over the last couple months with Nikki Haley were that she would attack Ron DeSantis. And that's that's fine. You're going to attack other people in the GOP field. That's fine. But she attacked Ron DeSantis for actually doing the things that she talks about. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, she would, oh, I'd work with Disney. I'd do this. I'd do that. Well, you talk this big game about going after, you know, ESG woke companies or, or, you know, stopping uh, gender affirming health care for minors. And then Ron DeSantis actually implements it in Florida. He actually has the parental rights uh, bill turned into a law. And you are going after him for being able to accomplish the things that you feed to people and claim to care about. And then when actually put into power, back away from and cave on. And DeSantis did a really good job of laying that out. But I think that's why she wouldn't be a good pick for Trump. She might bring in more people, which he does need. He needs to widen the tent. He needs to get conservatives who are not Trump fans. Um, But I don't even know if that would be enough for them. Like conservatives who hate Donald Trump, the never Trumpers. I don't think they're suddenly going to see the light because Nikki Haley says VP. I think he's got to pick somebody he actually gels with. And you know what? I have a good story on this because Axios has a story about all of the people Trump might bring back if he wins in 2024. There was a lot of people on this list that were dream picks. Like there were, it was such a good roster. It was Senator Tom Cotton. It was Rick Grinnell. It was Stephen Miller. It was all these guys who know what they're doing. I repeat, who know what they're doing. Like the adults would actually be back in charge. And I thought this would be so lovely if this came true. 
There was none of the wishy-washy Jeff Sessions-style picks. So fingers crossed, if Trump wins, he doesn't make that same mistake. He doesn't go the Christopher Ray route. Because then I would just lose my mind. All right, we'll be right back. I'll go over some of those loyalty first cabinet picks with you. Don't go anywhere. Live from the Aviva Trattoria studio. Welcome back, everyone, to the Grace Curley Show. So there was a story today in Axios, and it says Trump's loyalty first cabinet picks may include Bannon and Stephen Miller. Now, of course, Axios wants you to be shaking your boots. They are putting this out there, Jared. In a similar way, that the New York Times put out the headlines about if Trump comes into office, he's going to deport people and... Now, the rule of law is going to come back into play. And they were trying to say that as a reason for you not to vote for him. And most of us were going, listen, we already are going to vote for him. You don't need to convince us anymore. Well, now they put this out there as a scare tactic. Like, look at all the crazies that he's going to welcome back. I'll read you. I'll read you a couple of these crazies. Senator J.D. Vance of Ohio. uh, Cash Patel. Byron Donalds. Now, let's go through. These are some VP ideas. It says Carrie Lake, who I know uh, Caroline Levitt had on the show yesterday, J.D. Vance, Arkansas Governor Sarah Huckabee Sanders, South Dakota Governor Kristi Noem, Representative Byron Donalds. We've had him on the show before from Florida. Um, Now, here's an interesting twist. According to Axios, Melania Trump is an advocate for picking Tucker Carlson, the booted Fox News star. I do not think he would choose Tucker Carlson for the very reason that's in this in this article, which is he doesn't want someone who could outshine him. And Tucker... Tucker can definitely command attention. Cabinet position, maybe, but not VP. Not VP. I would say out of all those choices, you know who I would pick? I think I would pick Sarah Huckabee Sanders. I really like her. I know she's not as, she doesn't make as much of a splash. Like, not as many people pay attention to her right now. But she, I'm friendly with a few people from Arkansas who have told me that she's doing a real bang up job and she's getting a lot done even if she's not on television all the time. I know that sounds like a crazy thing, right? Actually accomplishing things. She would be my pick for Trump. And they have a really good rapport. They were very um they they got along really well when she was his press secretary. So I think she'd be good at that. Stephen Miller could be your next attorney general. Would love it. Would love it. Um and Cash Patel, how he's had him on his show a bunch of times, protege of former Representative Devin Nunes, who led efforts to discredit the Russia investigation. This is Axios. Oh, the Russia. You mean the bogus Russia investigation? He led efforts to discredit the ridiculous investigation that you all spent so much time covering and never apologized for, even though it was completely fake news. Patel um, came to be viewed as a political mercenary in Trump's war against the intelligence community. Again, sounds good to me. Rick Grinnell, former ambassador to Germany, would be on the short list for secretary of state. I like the sound of that. John Ratcliffe, who I also like. Trump's uh, final DNI. He was great. And again, I would I would put him under the Sarah Huckabee Sanders list. Like Devin Nunes, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, John Ratcliffe. They're not Matt Gates style. Like they, they're not, they're not there to necessarily make it all about themselves. But they do a solid job, and they're and they're actually 
getting a lot of the grunt work done that a lot of people don't like. And um, this one surprised me. Jamie Dimon, he would consider him for head heading up the Treasury. Uh, Senator Tom Cotton of Arkansas would be considered to head the Pentagon. So I know that, that the point of that was meant to scare us all into what Trump's cabinet would look like. But to me... I give it an A plus plus. I like the sound of I that. I love all of that. Yeah, honestly, that, that sounds real. Tell me more about this. Tell me more candidates that we can look forward to. Uh, David, you're up next on the Grace Curley Show. Go ahead, David. Hello, Miss Grace. How are you today? I'm good, sir. What's going on? <laughs> I'm just curious if how we can do the you know the old hold your nose while you're voting. How do we separate the performance of a candidate from you know, people don't like him because of, uh, uh, you know, this, that, or the other thing. But, man, he is uh, his policies and everything that he stands for is so perfect for America. But you can't campaign on the idea like, hey, you know, he's not marrying my daughter. But how do you, you know what I mean? Is there a strategy of separating a performance from character you know what I, uh, it just yes uh, it, it really you know i mean that's what we need to get across yeah and you know what david you just said you can't do that but what you just said you know he's not marrying your daughter i do think is a really effective um a really effective way to to put this to people i mean i've always said that when people say to me about trump oh well you know aren't you this aren't you that don't you feel listen trump is not my husband trump is not my priest Trump is not a member of my family. Trump was a leader of the free world, and he did a good job at just that. He did a good job at governing. He's a good businessman. He knows how to negotiate a deal. I'm able to compartmentalize. And I think that people who act like they care so much about the character of the candidate are hypocrites right from the get-go. Because those same people who pretend to be offended by Trump or by DeSantis or by any of these people because of some flaw they see. They're also the same people who idolize Joe Biden, a guy who has been accused of horrendous things on on his own right, just ask Tara Reid, but also just in general is just a, a horrible person. Mean, nasty, calls people fat. Like he's not winning any character awards. So I think that's another way to frame it to people is, okay, well, let's face it. The guy that you're going with now, because according to Joe Biden, he's it. You know, he's not leaving. He's not Mr. Congeniality. Like he's he doesn't have a great track record either. So out of the two of them, if we have two people with kind of shady character or shady backgrounds or however you want to put it. Don't you want the one who's at least going to do a good job? Don't you want the one who's at least going to help your 401k? Don't you want the one who's going to at least vet who's coming in through the border? You're not marrying this person. You're not even having a beer with this person. If you if you uh, delete Twitter off your phone, you're really going to have no interactions with this person whatsoever. Your life is either just going to be made a little bit easier or a little bit harder by this person. I've made the point before, and if you look at the world leaders, I mean, they're... Thugs, former KGB agents, dictators, people who just want to mass murder people. Like you have the mullahs in Iran, you've got Putin, you've got, you know, everybody, Kim Jong-un, you've got all these different people. You have some very bad people 
some very rough people who want to destroy you leading other countries in the world you i don't need an austere statesman who sounds eloquent like barack obama i need a bad dude who is protecting me acting as my bodyguard and executing the business of my country in the arena with these people that's what i'm looking for yeah and i always kind of go back to the monologue from a few good men like you guys use words like patriotism and duty and we do we use words freedom we use all these words we sit around especially me i'm guilty of it I sit around on my keyboard all day talking a big game but some people have to make the tough decisions you know some people have to do the dirty work some people have to it, it's not the world is not made of ice cream and some people have to be the bad guys sometimes and what does he say in that movie? You want me on that wall. You need me on that wall. It's a scary world out there. And when Hamas or any of these bad guys come knocking, they don't care how sweet the president is. They don't care that Hollywood really likes the president. You know, that Julia Roberts thinks the president's great. They don't care about that. A lot of places in this world don't operate the way we do. And so, yeah, you can you can care about all those things if you want to, but it's at your own it's at your own peril. Like you're you're the we're we're the ones now who are suffering from this. People were so naive when they got into the voting booths the last time around. They were so naive. And they thought, and this is and you know what? I kept hearing, Jared, I kept hearing how I just want everything to go back to normal. I just want everything to go back to normal. Since then, we've had wars breaking out. We've had inflation sky high. We've had a border that is completely open. Like, is this normal? Is this what you wanted? It's weird, though, because this is what you guys wanted, and you don't seem that happy. You don't seem like we're living in this wonderful utopia. And by the way, now I'm seeing things about gun control cuz you saw that there was a there was another horrible shooting and actually this is from Robbie Starbuck that the suspect who killed 6 and injured 3 in Texas yesterday is Shane James. He had already been facing three separate assault cases but the Texas Organizing Project bailed him out of prison. This group has been funded by George Soros. Uh, all six of those victims should be alive today. This is from Robbie Starbuck. Um, and the reason I bring this up is because immediately after this happened, people started going on about gun control. Like, you know, the usual suspects, Joe Biden, other Democrats, they start going on about gun control and how that's the solution. And my question to them is, now, hold on a second. You had control. You had the trifecta at one point. You didn't pass anything. All these things that you're talking about now that we have to be so fearful of because if Trump comes in, he's going to let this, he's going to execute this person, he's going to do this. Then why didn't you do anything about this stuff when you had control? Because you didn't want to. Because you're phonies. And here's another example of why you're phonies. Joe Biden got $7.5 billion to erect 500,000 EV charging stations. He got $7.5 billion with a B. And he has erected zero. And all he tells us, every time he can't accomplish something, it's like, oh, it's either the Supreme Court's fault or it's Congress's fault because they haven't acted or it's the voters' fault because they voted for Trump and he inherited the problems from Trump. It's everybody else's fault. 
And it's always because he doesn't have the money. You know, if I just had a little bit more money, I could do this. So explain this one to me. Biden has all these green dreams. And Congress gives him $7.5 billion to make it happen, to erect all of these chargers all over the country so that all these electric vehicles that I'm told are just, you know, people just can't get fast enough. People are just coming out in droves to buy these expensive electric vehicles that cost however much money so they can plug them into their garages. He can't erect any of these charging stations. So whose fault is that now? And then, and you know what the media says, Jared? He's navigating a labyrinth of different bureaucratic red tape. And there's so many. There's, they have an excuse for absolutely everything. They don't have any answers. They don't have any accountability. But they have an excuse for everything. He's still saying there's a broken immigration system that they inherited almost four years later. Like, what, what have you been doing? It feels, it feels so much more broken right? now than it did then. Uh, when we come back, we're going to talk to Howie Carr. We have so many things to discuss with him. Did we do the poll question yet there, Jared? Today's poll question is brought to you by Rizzo Insurance. When was the last time you had your insurance audited? Rizzo saved one of my coworkers over $1,700. To get your insurance audited, go to RizzoInsurance.com. Jared, what is the poll question and what are the results thus far? Today's poll question, which you can vote in at GraceCurlyShow.com, is are you the type of person who'll flip the bird? Yes, in any given situation. Yes, mostly while in traffic. Sometimes or no, never. Sometimes, if I'm being honest. 40% now say sometimes. 33% say no, never. 14 for any given situation and 13 for mostly well in traffic. Yeah. Yeah, it is mostly well in traffic. I've given it a few times to my sister when I was little because I knew that that was going to drive her crazy if no one was looking. She'd go, Grace gave me the finger. But I try not to. I try to be a good... I I was falling and my arm did that. It looked like it was going, (laughs) but I didn't. With the current economy, tensions in the Middle East, and a great deal of uncertainty, to say we've not experienced times like these is an understatement, but now is not the time to forget our fallen heroes. It's really not. I mean, it's the season of giving, and it's really the season to be grateful for the people who make the ultimate sacrifice and for their families who give up so much. We have our military and our veterans to thank for our liberties and our freedoms. And National Wreaths Across America Day is, I cannot believe this, Jared, it is nine days away. Uh, It's coming up and you can join in the mission to remember our fallen heroes, honor those who currently serve and teach younger generations the value of their freedoms. A $17 donation to Wreaths Across America sponsors a fresh handmade balsam wreath from Maine with a single red bow. The veterans wreaths have become a gift of America's respect. Join the more than 2 million volunteers and supporters who will gather to remember, honor and my favorite part, teach at more than 4,000 participating locations in all 50 states at sea and abroad. Please sponsor our Veterans Wreath today. Show your appreciation. It's not hard and it's not expensive. It's $17. And then when you see these beautiful ceremonies on your television on December 16th, you'll be able to look at that and know you were a part of it, know you helped teach the younger generations to be grateful, to be thankful. So go to wreathsacrossamerica.org. That's wreathsacrossamerica.org. We will be right back. You're listening to The Grace Curley Show. This is The Grace Curley Show. (laughs) 
This is making me laugh, Jared. I was just checking in on the Rumble chat. And people were saying how I'm a big rhino and I'm a phony. And now they're mad that I left. They said I left Vivek out of the cabinet discussion. I didn't come up with those cabinet picks. I was reading from Axios. Those were the picks that were floated by Axios today. It says Trump's loyalty first cabinet picks may include Bannon and Stephen Miller. Those were not my words. I was quoting the article. If Trump wants to put Vivek in, I think Vivek would be a good uh, cabinet pick, actually. And I think he's that's kind of what he's gearing for. Uh, I wanted to bring on Howie Carr right now because there's an unbelievable story here, Howie, out of KSAT. It says the suspect in the deadly attacks in Austin was previously bonded out of jail by Texas organizing project and they advocate for bail reform now the group has been criticized in the past for bailing out defendants who cannot otherwise afford bond in a statement on wednesday they said they were saddened and troubled by the murders and would conduct conduct a comprehensive review of their bail program moving forward yeah kind of like uh carrie kennedy cuomo or now carrie kennedy again you know, she's got that uh, bail reform program in New York. They've been responsible for all letting out all kinds of uh, horrible uh, people out of jail to commit crimes. How about the people in uh, Minnesota that Kamala Harris wanted to raise money for? <laughs> they uh, they ended up killing people. Yeah. So, and how you know what drives me crazy, too, is they want they want to talk about gun reform as if that's like a, a an easy solution to this. Oh, let's just confiscate all the guns or let's just pass another law and put another law in the books. How about keeping people in prison who are already convicted of horrible crimes? That seems to me like a much easier to do list item. Well, they don't they don't enforce the laws they have on the books now. So why do they want to put more laws on the books that they don't enforce? You know, they they don't they haven't they haven't put anyone in Massachusetts in prison under the Bartley Fox gun law, which says if you commit a, a crime uh, with a with a gun, uh, an unregistered gun or any kind of gun, I think. And I can't even remember what the law actually says. It's been so long since anybody used it, <laughs> you know. But it, I mean, that that was supposed to do away with all the uh, all the gun problems. But, the, you know, it was never used or it was sell, it hasn't been used for at least 30 years. Yeah, no, you're right. Howie, you sent me an article a couple weeks ago, and it was about the uh, the Grinches who stole the Christmas tree lightings. This has happened again, but now in California, Governor Gavin Newsom actually caved, and he decided to take the Christmas tree lighting online. This is giving you know flashbacks to COVID and the pandemic and the shutdown. He decided instead of having to deal with pro-Palestinian protesters, he would just move the entire Christmas tree lighting onto the the web. What do you make of that? <laughs> it's just, it's so typical, isn't it? Uh, again, I, I mean, uh, why, why don't you just uh, bring out a few cops and just, uh, and, and have the thing and, uh, you know, and, and let everybody have their, their nice time rather than let the Grinches steal Christmas. I was just writing my column, though. You know, it's really weird. You know, in Harvard Square now, the, uh, you know, Crystal knocked. Is, is in favor. Silent Night, not so much. Nobody wants to sing Silent Night, but they do want Crystal Knocked, as, as we saw yesterday from Claudine Gay and, uh, and, uh, and uh, Sally Kornbluth from uh, MIT. Yeah. yeah, Howie, it's a really good point. Howie Carr is coming up next. Today, by the way, Pearl Harbor Day. I'm sure Howie's going to talk about that as well. He's got a great show planned for you, and there's so much news to get to. And there's so many cuts from this debate last night. And I think people might need to listen to the cuts because I don't think a lot of people watched it live. 
That's just just my hunch. Um, all right, everybody. We will be back tomorrow for our fun Friday show. Don't go anywhere. The Captain, next. <laughs>